great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Hello, everyone. My name is Trent, but most of you know me as IT Guy, and welcome back to the Blockchain Gaming Podcast. In this episode, I have Anna Kura on the show to talk about the interesting changes in the past week and to also talk about the community map. I'm super excited to be doing this podcast today. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Anakura, how are you doing? Hey there, IT guy. Um, I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. This is now Saturday for us. Um, so we've pushed the podcast a day, but um, I feel like <laughs> we have a little more freedom during this day. Yeah, Saturdays. Saturdays always nice for me. I don't really have any work or anything to do except for studying because I am a college student. Yeah, exactly. Same here. So I, I totally am on the same page as you. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's really just jump to be here. Yeah, yeah. Let's just jump into the player introduction here that I have here for you. Um, so obviously, people know you if they're listening to this podcast, but um, maybe, maybe some people don't. So let's just run through kind of the things that you've done for the coin hunt world community so far. Um, obviously, you're the creator of the map, the community interactive map, which we will get into later in the podcast, which is a great, fantastic tool. Um, you're also a moderator in the Discord, um, so you kind of watch over and make sure you know nobody's breaking the rules. Um, and, and as far as you know, gameplay goes, what what other achievements have you accomplished? Well, so I I kind of am a pretty heavy player. I like playing for at least an hour a day or so. During the Elemental Invasion, though, that time went up to like four hours per day. <laughs> um, and a few of the months I have tried to do leaderboard pushes. Mm -hmm. So last month that, that ended, uh, I was able to manage fifth in the U.S. I'm a U.S. player. And that was crazy. I almost got fourth, but then at the last minute, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was pushed down to fifth. And that was that was fun. I didn't have anything else to print or or any resin to drop, but that was fun. Yeah, I remember that because during that month, I was also making a push, and you kind of came out of nowhere, and you definitely overtook me. Um, you beat me in the in the global ranking, so congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I thought that was surprising because I know you had a lot of blueprints ready to go. Yep, I certainly did, but alas, you know. <laughs> here we are yeah. yeah um so maybe you why don't you let the listeners know kind of where you hunt and um or like where you're from yeah sure so i i hunt in atlanta georgia i hunt mm -hmm. on georgia tech's campus which is where i go to school um in terms of where i'm from i'm i'm originally from north carolina in the u.s but i did live in brazil for 10 years oh, wow. of my life I went to middle school and high school in Brazil uh, before I came to college. So I lived there from from when I was eight until I was 18. And it was a very defining part of my childhood and my teenage years. So I speak Portuguese, um, which wow. is the language of Brazil. And I have a lot of friends. Uh, my mom is from, from Brazil. And so, yeah, I go there quite often. 
still like maybe once a year, which I guess isn't terribly often for some people, but it's quite often for me. That is extremely interesting. I did not know that. Um, so y- you think Coin Hunt World's going to um, Brazil? <laughs> I do. I think it would be a very popular game there, especially since when Pokemon Go launched in Brazil, everyone was playing. And I remember this during yeah. my high school years. Um, so something that's like Pokemon, but allows you to earn money while you're doing it would definitely be super popular. <laughs> the only thing I'm slightly worried about is Brazil doesn't have such a a great market for advertising as like the US does in terms of uh, how much companies would pay for data for from from Brazil in terms of how much they would pay for data from the US or something right. like that. So right. there's all, always that to take into consideration, but I do think the game will be going to South America and especially Brazil. Yeah, can't wait for that. Um, I love South America. I've been that's the only place I've been outside of um, outside of North America. So <laughs> um, but Where did yeah. You go? So I went to Panama, um, which is close to Brazil, um, but awesome. yeah, maybe maybe that's Central America, but uh, I consider it South America. It was it was quite the quite the lifestyle there, um, but I, I would love to go to Brazil. And if Coin Hunt World goes there, you know, I'm I'm catching a flight. Yeah, yeah. Um. So how did you actually get into Coin Hunt World? How did you find the game? I was browsing through Reddit, as one does. Mm-hmm. And I found a post talking about a bunch of different play to earn things. And so on the same day I discovered Wii Nano, I discovered Coin Hunt World. And mm-hmm. those two have been very nice because uh, I didn't actually use a referral code when I, when I joined the game, which is <laughs> quite unfortunate because whoever, someone could have benefited greatly from, from me as a referral. Yep. Considering I forged all the keys except purple. <laughs> Um, but I think it was a post from Squeamy. <laughs> I, I do think it was a post from Squeamy that, that helped me discover the game. So yeah, it was a Reddit post. I think that's and a common theme for all players. I think we've all just stumbled across it on Reddit, didn't we? <laughs> I wouldn't say all of us, but right. I know a lot of players have. And, and uh, it's getting less and less common, I think, because of the different ways people are coming up with to talk about coin hunt world like there's mm-hmm. facebook groups there's stickers and just word-to-word interaction yeah totally interaction. and i know you mentioned we nano um just quickly i just want to pick your brain on that um is that so i think i might have played that game is that kind of like the snake game that pays you in nano no so okay <laughs> i don't know what game you're talking about it sounds interesting yeah um but no, Wii Nano is is also a geolocation app. It's less of a game, in my opinion, and more of a way to easily share wealth in a geo-restricted way. So you can create a spot anywhere on the map in the world when you're mm-hmm. there. I think you can also create it if you're far away, but that's beside the point. And you add some Nano to that spot, and then players who pass by it, who are within a certain range, which you can define, can then collect a, a certain amount of Nano every week. And that's mm. it. That's the idea of the game. And you can chat in these spots and you can advertise businesses and you can sell things. There's a marketplace, um, but it's not really integrated in the app, I don't think. So it's it's kind of less of a game and more of just a platform. Wow, that is super interesting. And I am going to definitely take a look at that. But 
let's move on to back to coin hunt world and some some of the changes that have happened this week um let's start with maybe the biggest one um and that would be the legendary blueprint um so this one dropped yeah so this one dropped in the auction house um when i was coming up with this uh, with this format um since then we know that zach has actually won it um but along along with this change came the the auction house change that if a bid is placed in the last 15 minutes of the auction an additional 15 minutes gets added to the auction duration um so why don't you just i i know that we chatted yesterday a little bit about how you actually uh, spectated the uh auction house um debacle i guess um so why don't you let people know about that absolutely so um yesterday was friday and after i got home from school I opened up my my computer, which has two screens. I placed Block Boy on one, and I placed Zach on the other, and then I just let it rip. So yeah. I had I had both streams, and it was very interesting because on Zach's stream, he actually had Block Boy stream as a <laughs> overlay, and so I was watching Block Boy stream through Zach's stream and through Block Boy's actual stream. So I was listening to both at the same time, which is a very fun challenge if you ever want to try it. Um, it's hard to to kind of do that, but it's it's surprisingly possible. You know, mm-hmm. it's manageable. And mm-hmm. I just, I watched as they outbid each other. And the last 20 or 30 minutes was kind of crazy because Zach had placed a bid for the five purple keys. Which is and nuts. It's insane, right? <laughs> and Blockboy was, was counting, counting his keys and trying to, to outbid Zach. And at the end, at the end, Blockboy didn't have enough keys which is also crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and and so and so the auction we all thought it was going to end around 8:10 or so. Mm-hmm. Well, I I did at least. Mm-hmm. And and it didn't. And so I was like, wait, what's happening? And then I discovered that the mechanic actually works like this. So if a bid, if a bid is placed between let's use EST here for simplicity, 7:45 mm-hmm. and 8 p.m. then the end time is not 15 minutes from the time you place that bid. It's actually 15 minutes after 8 p.m., so 8.15. So it always goes in 15-minute increments. Mm-hmm. And that makes okay. math a lot easier, but yep. it confused me at the beginning. <laughs> so it ended at 8.15, and then Blockboy didn't have his keys because it took a while to get back to uh, his inventory, so that was a little mm-hmm. nerve-wracking for him, I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> um but at the end of the day, Zach received the blueprint on stream. And that was very cool to see. You know, first-hand look at the legendary. You see the print in the inventory. It's crazy. And we got a tweet from Coin Hunt, Ro- Coin Hunt World right then and there. And, uh, yeah, Blockboy thanked everyone for watching. For watching it. Zach did the same. And, uh, and that was that. And then I immediately went to the wiki and added everything that I could. So if you go to the wiki page for the architect, which is the blueprint's name, you can you can see a bunch of stats, which I would not be surprised to one day be a purple vault question. Hint, hint. I mean, I don't actually know, but it would be a good a good question. Like, how many yeah. bids were there involved in the legendary bidding? There were eight. Wow. Yeah. And wow, I didn't exact key amount. I'm actually on this page right now, as you said that, and wow, look at how. Okay, so I think that it's great that these two players. Um, had these keys and were able to do this and i think that um you know even though there might be some i don't know i don't want to say drama between them but 
um, I think that it was all in good spirits and I'm glad people, um, you know, had a good time doing it. And I think Zach is deserving of it for sure. But five purple keys that (laughs) talk about dedication. Am I right? I mean, that's (laughs) $5,000. That's it. Well, it's $5,000, but you have to find five purple vaults in order to convert that $5,000. Right. Although with these blueprints becoming NFTs in the future, one could speculate that this is actually a better deal <laughs> than opening five purple vaults. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point there, um, especially as far as the NFT goes, because you know that's that brings a whole other element to the game as far as you know buying blueprints goes. <clears throat> But yeah, I, I, so on this wiki, I guess you can now see um, the live stream for both of those players. Yeah, um, the they were li- both recorded and are available on Twitch. That's awesome. So that's there if you guys want to check it out. Um, as of right now, we don't know what the resources are to print it or what the passive effect is, correct? That's right. And Zach, Zach will not even know until he prints it what the passive effect is. Right. Um, so I imagine by now he probably knows what the resources are. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think he's being a little bit strategic when it comes to um, letting everybody know, which is totally fine. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't blame him, right? I would do the same thing. I would too. Um, but I am extremely excited. And I think we all are, you know, just to even see how much this thing like t- takes as far as resources goes and what this passive effect is. Do you have any ideas on what it, what it possibly could be? There have been absolutely zero beans spilled to any of us moderators, anything like I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised because illusion weaver is, is strong in his convictions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, like I, I can only speculate and it's an architect, which I mean, it's, it's gotta have something to do with, building or designing mm-hmm. or blueprints or something like that but mm-hmm. apart from that you know it could be anything it's very broad eh i just think it won't be anything that's game breaking right um, i think it'll be a neat passive buff but i don't think it's going to be anything out way way out there you know yeah i'm hoping not um but i do hope that for zach's sake it's a great passive effect for him it would even it would even be cool if it was like um an effect where everybody in the vicinity also you know had some sort of passive but yeah like a community community manager or something yeah that would be pretty dope but (laughs) i don't know architects kind of stay in their rooms yes true go outside and look at buildings but and also i just want to touch on the graphics here um i know all we have is the blueprint but he looks super shiny. He's all in gold. He's got a suit on these gold shades. Yeah. Um, I think this is a, a slick and clean design for Le- yeah. legendary. And I can't wait to see what the animation is going to be like too. Wow. I mean, can you imagine if all the legendaries or if all the animations have been so cool so far, imagine what the, the animation for the legendary is going to look like, right? Yeah. And I know, I mean, the design just looks fantastic. Props to yeah. the design team, props to Illusion Weaver for coming up with the idea, and I, I just love the little tie on the guy, you know? The only other blueprint that's golden is the OG. Yeah. The OG QB. Correct. So, so we got the two nice gold-backed blueprints, and they look absolutely fantastic. 
Yes, sir. Yep. So uh, maybe we'll move on from the legendary blueprint. And I don't know, in the next podcast, I'll probably be able to give you the resources and the maybe the passive effects, maybe not. Mm, But I doubt it. No, (laughs) (laughs) I think there was a little bit of a spoiler. I think Zach said um, he saw the resource amount. And he, it's going to take a little bit of time, but it wasn't as much as he thought it was going to be. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah, so that's that's good. Um, so we'll just move on here. I just want to touch on a few other like big things that have happened throughout the week. Um, Coin Hunt World now has fifty thousand players. Very exciting. Right. Very. Yeah. Very very exciting. <clears throat> fifty thousand players is a huge milestone for the game, and. I mean, we just need some champagne to pop, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and during so so this happens on the tail end of their anniversary event. Um, so maybe next anniversary, a hundred k, or hopefully more. <laughs> well, I think there's definitely going to be more. I wouldn't be surprised if we were into we were way into the to the six digits there. Uh, By next anniversary? Yeah. Right on. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. Has, growth has been fantastic. And yeah, you're right. For the rest of the year, there are big plans. And so I, I do think the game will will be growing like crazy, especially in the new markets, which the game is moving to. So London is releasing, hopefully by the end of this month. We might talk about that later. Yeah, let's talk about it now. <laughs> London launch is coming this month, well, September 30th, right? I yeah. think that was the date that they gave. That's the um, that's the tentative date, but it's it's this you know what we're trying to. Be, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a it's 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 a developer date. <laughs> exactly. Um, so why don't you just let people know kind of more about the London launch? Um, <clears throat> do you have any more details on something like that? I don't have a great amount of details. Uh, what's what's known is kind of available on the wiki, and it's that the game's going to be launching in the UK, but not for mm-hmm. the entirety, um, only for the greater greater London area. And so the game won't really be available. Otherwise, you just have to go into the city, and then the game will allow you to play. Um, and you'll be able to to collect just like you do here, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's going to be any any different mechanics in London. It would be cool to see something, you know, special for that area. That kind of incentive, there's a kind of incentive to get players to go there. Um, and I think, I think. Great news! For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. User vaults are going to stop popping up, and that would be super cool to see, right? There's already one user vault. There is. Yep. Yep. There is. It's at a pub. Fun bug or 
unintended consequence of the way the game had been working at the time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool to see and should be a trivia question at one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably will be. Um, so I think the way um the way it'll work for European players is that if you're in the UK, you can download this game now. You don't get the you know the one question a day kind of screen um but like you said there's only going to be vaults and keys in the greater london area um so if you're willing to make that trip out there um you can start collecting you know resin to build up your 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 user vaults which is going to be super exciting and you know as far as the game around me and probably the game around everybody else it grows exponentially quick like you don't think it does but you know in one month time (laughs) It's it explodes and and you have so many user vaults around you. Um, just co- you're able to collect so much money, collect so much resources. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think you've seen this firsthand. Just the area around you, building up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Largely uh, to do with like on my part, <laughs> yeah, but your ten user vaults, right? Yeah, and and that helps a lot. It helps a lot, and especially and I think um new players like. Fifty thousand. We hit fifty thousand players, and it's only in two countries. That's right. Yeah, you know. So, and the, you know, London's a large, a large city. I think we're gonna see a massive, a massive, a massive spike. Sorry. I think so too. And <clears throat> the issue is, if we had Apple on board, right? If Apple had approved the game earlier, then growth would be even higher. But growth on Android is nothing to be ashamed of. It's 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 quite impressive, actually. And so it's important to remember that the USA and Canada are two of the biggest markets for iOS. Mm-hmm. And in the rest of the world, it's not it's not nearly as dominating, right? If you go to Brazil, for example, you'll see way, way more people with Androids. Right. And in other countries, that's the same thing. So I don't think yeah. it's going to be a terrible barrier. No. Um so do you play with an iPhone? No. I no. have an Android. I've been an Android user for many years now. Um, I do have an iPad, but that's only for school. And uh, my preferred device is is the Pixel lineup. So I used to have a Pixel 4a. I'm waiting for the Pixel 6 to come out. I'm probably going to grab that. Um, but right now I'm using a OnePlus because I, I wanted to share the Pixel love with my friends in Brazil. So I actually mm. sold my my Pixel 4a to one of my friends there. She needed a phone and she needed it. She needed it quick. So my mom was here. She took it. She took it, my oh. friend. And I just got my mom's old phone, which is this, this, uh, this one plus 16. Right on. Phone. Um, so are you keeping tabs on any of the, um, the Apple app store stuff that's going on right now? Um, in terms of having any special information, I really don't, uh, um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what's happening in between the developers and the app store. So no, yeah, uh, for sure, probably not. But um, do you, I think I've seen some like just news in the general media talking about you know Apple losing some lawsuits, and <clears throat> I don't, I don't know if that would have particularly affected the release of Coin on World, but um, I know that now. Um, you don't like you can make outside of outside purchases, so you don't actually have to give a cut to Apple. And I think um, the whole situation holding back Coin Hunt World from iOS is the fact that um, <laughs> you're getting free crypto. 
Yeah, and there they, are no they in-game don't... purchases. The app exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think I could be wrong, but I think that that would clear the way a little bit. I'm not sure what other sticky situation um, the app is. I've never put an app on the app store, so I, I don't really know how, how, how that goes. But um, hopefully, and we can all pray that, you know, it does eventually come to iOS um, and it comes soon. So we can all, uh, you know, refer our friends who have iPhones. That's right. Are you on test flight? I am yes. So I got on <laughs> test. <laughs> I got on test flight um, a while ago, um, and I was able to refer some friends afterwards, um, but they weren't able to get on. So I don't know when I got on, uh, but it was just in the nick of time. I had no problems just downloading it and getting it, um, and I didn't. I didn't even really know there was a ten thousand space limit on on test flight. Um, so yeah, I got in early. I guess. Yeah, good for you. I'm glad yeah. you were because the podcast <laughs> otherwise. Yep, that's true. I'd have to uh, stay on the outside and and try to try to do the podcast from the outside. That would be a little bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So I have two more topics here that we can just quickly breeze through. Um. One is the new uh, transfer limit for uh, to uphold is now five dollars for each coin. Um. This is just you know standard stuff. I just want to let people know that you know, that that's happened. So, um, if you don't have $5 worth of each coin, um, I think what happens? So, um, it's per coin, right? So right. let's say you have $8 of Ethereum and $4 of Bitcoin. Your Ethereum is going to your uphold account, assuming you have linked your uphold and your Bitcoin will stay in the game until next week. And it'll check again to see if it's over $5. And if it is, it'll send it to your uphold. So this is, this was implemented because of something uphold asked the game to do um uphold apparently doesn't want uh tens of thousands of transactions under under five dollars to be happening everywhere right so right. i mean that's understandable mm-hmm. um and and this is just a minor change in my opinion i don't think many players will be affected by it no you're right um so so it's just something to keep in mind yeah for sure um, and then moving on, I th- we touched a little bit on Purple Vaults, um, but I just want to let um, the listeners know that, so I believe this was, a Purple Vault was solved um, during the event, and I believe it was the third in Coin Hunt yes. World history. That's right. Yes. So it was solved by True Goy. Um, and do you have any more, do you have any information on this? So I, I don't even really recall, you know, even what, what his question was or, um, I know where it was, but do you have any rundown? Yeah. So I, I don't remember what the question was either. And that's a good point, but Trugo has been a player for a long time. So I wouldn't uh-huh. be surprised that he would have a purple key at this point. And I'm, I'm glad he made the trip, which he did to, to go to the purple vault, which was in Bellevue. Uh, Washington, yeah. and and got the question right. Like uh, it, it was probably an easy question that he probably knew the answer to off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. But I do not remember what it was. Yeah, me neither. Um, and that actually brings me to a, another weird, funky point: is that um, I, I think I saw today. Is it true that um, only one person can solve a purple vault when it's there? I don't know. Okay. Wait, no, that's not true because okay. the first time the purple vaults were solved, oh right, were in Hawaii, right, with uh, okay. Block Boy opening it first, Princess Hyena receiving the purple key um, from his from his uh, from his purple key forging. Yeah, actually, at the time, the system was a little bit different. 
Yeah. And so she then attempted the purple vault and got it right. Yes. So yeah, that's that's true. Um so you so multiple players can hit the vault. Um, which kind of begs the question is um if you know the the legendary was released a little bit sooner, could the person who didn't win you know, take his purple keys and and go out there and and collect a thousand dollars. But um, obviously, you know, Block Boy didn't win the auction and then also couldn't go out to Bellevue and hit the purple vault because it had already been already been gone by then. It's too bad. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think the trip would have been easy to make. I don't know. Yeah, I I agree, but you know, it's a thousand bucks. It's a pretty good deal, especially if your fights if your flight is less than that. So <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely an experience, right? Yeah, for sure. I that's definitely on the coin hunt world bucket list is solving a purple vault. Yeah. All right. Um so let's just move on to some kind of just coin hunt world related topics. Um because I know you're kind of a a like a a player who plays quite a lot like you know you said an hour a day so i'd say that's more than the average to be honest um i just kind of want to get your take on the elemental invasion um so obviously the all the players were were going extremely hard during elemental invasion i just want to kind of ask you what was your favorite part of the elemental invasion my favorite 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 part and this was so epic was the monoliths Right. And so this new mechanic that was introduced, right, um, during the elemental invasion, nobody knew what, what it was going to be before it came out. And so every time you solved a vault, there would be a small chance that a monolith could spawn nearby. And the monolith is just this structure that you click on it, and it gives you a crystal heart. And there's four types of crystal hearts, one each, one for each element, right? You got fire, water, air, and earth. and and it was just very community building because here in Atlanta, where I am, we got some players together multiple times for group hunts to try mm. to get these monoliths to spawn and to collect these hearts when they did. And so it was it was great. I met I met four new hunters um, over the course of the elemental invasion, which is which is a lot <laughs> for me. <laughs> for um, sure, that's awesome. And uh, even we even got one one referral going not for me but for one of the other hunters and uh that player is on campus so that's that's benefit that benefits all of us yeah absolutely so the monoliths was your favorite part um for me it wasn't really the monoliths i was not i was unable to spawn a fire monolith the whole event um so i'm a little salty about that but obviously this mechanic has it has room for it within the game um, I think uh, it was hinted at that the monolith will never ever return. We'll never see a monolith again. Right. But I but I do believe that that mechanic is is here to stay and and will probably be in the game for you know for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think uh, sort of in game interactions that force you to go out of your way are yeah. definitely more and more to come because it breaks up the monotony of doing the same route every day. And yeah, I, I I've noticed that the monoliths were never on my route. They were always way back behind me. <laughs> um, so uh, so I hope that uh, 
you know, I, but I did appreciate, you know, stumbling on, on new vaults that I've never seen in my area that are like hidden away. I yeah. don't know if you if you got one of those, but I, it was like totally weird to like <laughs> totally go out of my way and try to find a new vault. Yeah, I definitely thought that was a very interesting part. Yeah, yeah, I I I've been hunting in my area pretty well, and you know, the creator of the maps probably a cartographer, right? So mm-hmm. I know my area pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find any new vaults, but I did go to a few that I like never go to because they're kind of out right. of my way, and right. I I actually hunt by e bike. So oh. it's it's easy for me to do. It's quick. Um, and the last day of the event, I actually hunted by car, and that was a pain. But it was because it was, <laughs> rain, it was raining, and I didn't want to miss the end of the event. Right, um, right. But I don't think monoliths are going to come back in the, in the way they are now. Like, they're probably going to have some kind of minigame attached to them. Mm-hmm. And don't don't quote me on that, but but I that's, like, my personal opinion on what, what's coming. Is that there's yeah. going to be a new kind of, new kind of thing. It just not just a key it's not just a trivia question it's going to be something else i agree with that i'm i'm i think that that would be a really way like neat way to take it um which would that would that would be incredibly fun as well right yeah for sure mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming um so did you end up getting all four of the blueprints well not during not from vaults i should say <laughs> right okay. so i got all three, I got the common and the both rares. So that's the air is the common, and then water and earth are the rare. And mm-hmm. then I printed the earth cube during the event. Right. But I never managed to find the fire blueprint from a vault. And I opened so many vaults, and I didn't find it. I'm, I'm sure you understand the struggle. It's, it's mm-hmm. truly epic in terms, of, in terms of blueprint rarity. If I were to estimate, I would say it's something like 0.05 or 0.005% of chance from dropping from a vault. Which is and insane, I, right? <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> and you got it. I did get it. Um, so I got all four, but <laughs> I think the hardest part, right? I think we can all agree that the hardest part was those crystals. The crystals were just, oh my were just so hard. The crystals are a grind, indeed. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the event, I had 1,300, so 1,300 crystals, fire crystals, I would say. Mm-hmm. And... That's not enough to print it, even if I even if I had the blueprint, which I didn't buy from the auction house. Yeah, (laughs) I did buy the blueprint from the auction house before the event ended. Right on, smart. Four four blueprints there. Yeah, I think we were talking about that yesterday. How we we decided that we're going to hold on to that blueprint until NFTs come out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't plan on selling it anytime soon. No, no. Okay, um, so this brings me to that medium post about the elemental invasion stats. So I kind of just want to run through this. Um, obviously, you were a helper. Why don't we? Why don't you just let people know what you kind of do for, <laughs> um, as far as the the posts go? So I as far as the medium articles go, I I help with grammar and punctuation and conciseness in in mm-hmm. in the articles. So. I've had a a touch in, in yeah. most of the articles you've read. But that's about it. So all the right. stats, all the information, all that is Illusion Weaver. All the cool ideas are Illusion Weaver. And then mm-hmm. me plus the team of other mods do just make sure the articles are good to go before we send them out to the world. Yeah, so this, this Medium article has your fingerprints on it. Um, and I just want to run through some of the stats because these are so cool. Um, the first total stat, not so cool, but definitely something we needed to know was 380,000 
resource boxes were opened. Oh my gosh. People were out there hunting, weren't they? (laughs) Yeah. And you got to remember the number of vaults is higher than that because every vault drops a resource box. Yeah. I don't know what the, how much higher, but maybe not double, but probably pretty close to that. (laughs) I'd say it's, it's considering the number of user vaults people open and that the, the most intense hunters mostly open user vaults. I'd say the number is about 480 or so thousand, maybe 520. I don't think it's nearly double. And that's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. (laughs) Um, So the next stat I have here, and I quickly have done the math here. Um, The next stat is the amount of Bitcoin and Ethereum given out to players during this event. Point half of a Bitcoin was given out and eight and eight and sorry, almost 8.5 Ethereum was given out. And as far as um, like monetary value goes for that right now, that's sitting at about 29,000 USD for Ethereum and 28,000 USD for Bitcoin. (laughs) So well over $50,000 was given out in this period of 10 days. That's just nuts to me. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Like in all my years in cryptocurrency, I have, I haven't even amassed that sum. So no way. (laughs) and it's funny because people will be like oh is it a scam it's like 50k in 10 days it's not a scam (laughs) and uh yeah i mean it's it's amazing to see these numbers i love seeing i love seeing numbers like this the only other time we got uh, cryptocurrency numbers was when when we finished beta um Mm -hmm. and so we had that that post about how much cryptocurrency was given out to beta testers and otherwise, it's a mystery, right? <laughs> do, you, do you remember the amount at that point? I know it was listed on the wiki page for okay. a long time, but it's it's not on the main page anymore, so I don't remember what it was. You got to go dig for that. Okay. Anyways, let, yeah, let's move on here. Um, the, the amount of crystals. So this is a pretty interesting stat, too. So 8 million air crystals, 4 million of each of the rare crystals, which is water and earth, and then 880,000 fire crystals. Yeah. Um I I think the math was done on this. It requires 3000 fire crystals um to be able to print a QB. So I I I wish I did the math beforehand, but that is not a lot of fire QBs able to be printed. Yeah, it's uh I think somewhere around 300 or so. That's it. That's it. Until you're able to get more fire crystals from a different in-game mechanic, which for now we don't know what it would be. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the number of fire crystals. That's the ceiling, right? It's likely going to be much less than that. Right. It's actually 293. Wow. Um, and, and what was the, what, how many were already printed? Oh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> so I think even just like amassing all of those, and that probably has, you know, a lot of casual players probably have 50 or 100 sitting in their inventory that is never going to touch the auction house. So this is an extremely rare QB. This is an epic QB. Um, congratulations to the players who were able to create one. And I think it's nuts that Junior Nightingale was able to create two of them. Yep. And it's on the auction house right now. So, well, so if you're if the you're fire interested. crystals have about a five percent drop chance from the resource box, so that's right. 
given that you've opened a resource, given that you've dropped a resource box from a vault, there's a 5% chance that you would receive 50 fire crystals. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so those numbers check out. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm glad someone did that math like second day in. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I thought that was pretty smart because I wasn't gonna do that. You know, I was just gonna. I I had I had this game plan of I'm just gonna keep doing what I've been doing. I stacked greens for the for the event, but other than that, I was just gonna do what I would do what I do. Um, but I'm glad somebody actually figured out that you know the drop chance was approximately five percent based on like the small sample size we had at the time. Um, but now looking at it, that was probably the case. Um, but yeah, the air crystals are abundant even the water and earth crystals are abundant but the fire crystals are crazy rare yep the hunters definitely need to band together in order to print those so the auction is going to be seeing some movement yeah absolutely and i've been trying to do some trading on those already trying to get uh, arbitrage though that that um (laughs) (laughs) anyways um so the blueprints here so I'm taking a look at these numbers and it's saying 4,000 air QB blueprints, 1,700 of each of the earth and water, and then 348 fire QB blueprints. So when I look at this, obviously the fire QB blueprints, there's only 348 of them. That's extremely, extremely rare. But even the common air QB, 4,000, if you you take into account, you know, 50,000 players playing this game, and with exponential growth incoming, this is not a very easy blueprint to get, and they're never coming back. That's right, and I don't. I think that's by design, you know, because not everyone's supposed to have the the blueprints, mm-hmm. but anyone who does have the blueprints has the ability to print the cubies and sell them on the auction house. So, in order to maintain demand, you can't have everyone having the blueprints. So this that's is, true. But I am a little bit surprised that the number is so low. I would have thought that the common blueprint would have gone out to more players. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, so this one was also another pretty good stat. The monoliths that were spawned. Um, now, that, So it's saying, you know, they're all about the same kind of ratio, right? As far as like spawning rates go. Um, so the air monoliths, 6,400 air monoliths were spawned, 4,800 of each of the water and earth, and then 575 fire monoliths. Yeah. And I got zero of those. So <laughs> I'm proud to say I got two of those back to back from green. Wow. Lights. So wow. yeah, an important thing to note is that they would only spawn from green or higher. Right. Right. You couldn't get a fire monolith from a blue vault. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um. So that also that tells me that there's only 575 fire hearts. Oh wait, no. No, because multiple yeah. players can open the monoliths. Yes, you're right. I'm glad you caught me on that. <laughs> we would have seen it anyway in in a few yeah. seconds here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Um. Next is the is the elemental hearts. Um. So actually. Oh wow! Look at this. Um, the air hearts. There's 6,600, which is very closely aligned to the amount of air monoliths, right? Only right. 200 extra. Um, and then earth hearts and water hearts are 5,500 respectively. While the water hearts is 5,400. Um, and then the fire hearts. Wow, 1,175. So comparatively, right? It looks like the air when an air monolith spawned, nobody was really. The person who spawned it was probably going out to get it, but nobody else. 
Exactly. But when you look at the fire monoliths, when somebody spawned a fire monolith, it was all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Absolutely. There was actually another hunter here in Atlanta who who was able to grab both of the monoliths I spawned with me. And so she has two fire hearts and I'd, I'd be willing to bet she's one of the only players in Atlanta that has fire hearts right now. That's awesome. And that was a great um, addition to the game because this totally made the community like I had to let you know you had to converse with not only people like in your area but people in your city like it, the fire monoliths were so rare that you know somebody 35 minutes like away from you wanted to know if you spawned one yeah so I was you had like a, to yeah. head out for it that's for sure exactly exactly um so I thought that was um so much fun I really liked the community part of the event so moving on to the first prince, this is pretty good. Um, so the first, the air QB was, was done, what, in the first day? Probably yeah, the, first... the first few hours of the event. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes to ABS123. He's in the Discord. Um, he's a proactive player, yeah. And, you know, congratulations to him. Um, now the water and the earth QB, were those done on the first day? No, those were no. done the first few days of the event. Right, which is pretty awesome i really liked how you couldn't just you know wake up and go get it <laughs> you know you actually had to really grind for it yeah i think the hearts might have been the bottleneck on those maybe not maybe the crystals were i think those ones were it was both you know the the trying to find the right monolith and trying to like save up the amount of crystals i think there, there was a good balance on the earth and the water cubies yeah that's fair and then the fire QB was printed what on the second last day of the event, third last almost, day maybe. Yeah, it took almost the entire event for that one, which is nuts. Congratulations to Junior Nightingale. Um, that that person's a beast, and yeah. I've I've seen that key stack that that <laughs> person has 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 you know portrayed in the in the Discord. And congratulations, they're in order. I'd say Junior has gone hard since the first day. Yeah, he started playing. So, very congratulations. Yeah, I think he's a Canadian player too, and uh, out in out in um, BC. So, rapping. Uh, how many QBs were printed? So, wow, this number is low. Air QBs seven hundred and forty-five QBs printed. Earth QBs two hundred seventy-six. Water QBs about the same two hundred seventy, and then fire QBs we touched on seven. Mm-hmm. Seven fire QBs. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's That's, epic. Yeah, it's certainly <laughs> epic. And the rarity, yes, seven. Uh, yeah, the rarity is epic. So that's, and I don't see very many more coming into the game quickly, at least. You know, maybe 10 more is what's available on the auction house as far as the the, the shards go. Um, yeah, I think, pe I think people are going to be holding onto their shards. And, uh, they're going to get scarcer and scarcer. So if you're looking to get some shards, you should try now. Crystals. I yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's a auction house strat right there. <laughs> so who hunted the hardest during this event? This is an awesome stat too. I think we, that we should get this stat every event. And honestly, I wish it was personal. I wish they would like send me an email with how many vaults I opened. <laughs> an in-game notification. Yeah, right. something like that. You opened two vaults during the event. <laughs> exactly. That would be awesome. But, you know, for these top five players, 
Uh, congratulations, are Oh my God. Okay, so Junior Nightingale with four thousand one hundred and forty-four vaults opened. Wow, that's crazy. And the second closest person was was almost a th- or more than a thousand vaults under that. He beat everyone. He beat the next person by a thousand vaults. Yeah, that's like crazy. You're right. He does go hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Lion Locks after that with 3K vaults, Psycho 808, um, with th- with almost 3,000 vaults. Block Boy's up there, number Black four. Boy. Yeah, 2,700. He was going extremely hard. Um, I don't know if he got the Fire Blueprint either. Didn't, <laughs> didn't manage it. Um, no, that's... That's interesting. Um, I know that we had I when I did the podcast with him at the time. I we both didn't have it, uh, but then the next day I got it. And I messaged him and kind of you know rubbed it in a little bit. But wow. <laughs> it's all in good fit, all in good fun. And then Jenny with uh, twenty four hundred vaults open. So wow, those players opened a lot of vaults. That's yeah. a lot. And I'd like to make a shout out to Jenny eight hundred eight who passed me last month on the leaderboards to snipe fourth position. In the last oh, hour, that congrats. was the player. Wow. Yeah, Jenny and uh, Psycho are both Hawaiian players. They're a couple, a couple yeah. in, in Hawaii, so they go hard as well. Yes, yes, and Hawaii is actually um, packed. I always i use your i use your map, and I go out there and I check out Hawaii because I think that uh, it's awesome there. It looks amazing when it, when so you look many at the, user vaults. The density there is insane. Mm-hmm. All right, the f- last fun little stats on this on this page is the n- the highest number of hunters that interacted with the same monolith was 25. And that has got to be a fire monolith in like it's... Vancouver or Toronto or something. For sure. I mean, this was a fire monolith. Um I wouldn't be surprised if Minel uh, coordinated, you know, 25 players to go pick up all the fire monoliths that he was spawning, but that goes to show the power of the community, doesn't it? And that number is it's on the low end for the future, I imagine. Yes, yes, for sure. Like that's gonna be the normal coming up. Um the red vault. So the boosted red vaults, forty-five players opened a boosted red vault. Did you get a chance to open a red vault? I did not. We don't have a completed yellow vault here in Atlanta. So no red vaults near me, unfortunately. (laughs) There were two spawned around me. I didn't hit either of them. I'm quite key poor. I don't I've never touched a red key in my life. So um that's also gonna be on the coin hunt world bucket list. <laughs> yeah, and 45 players is a pretty good number for the red vaults. Totally, totally. And then the furthest a hunter traveled to open a red boosted vault, 2800 kilometers. What? That was by plane. <laughs> I mean for it has sure. to be by plane, but why would you uh, like I'm trying to think of what that was. Was that maybe Trugoy flying out to Bellevue and then also hitting a red vault somewhere along the way? I actually don't know who did that, but that's definitely an experience. Yes, I, I like 2,800 kilometers to go open a boosted red vault. You are a massive Coin Hunt World fan. Yeah, <laughs> you love it. All right, um, I guess this can actually transition us into the next. Um, uh, little blurb I have here. Um, it's mostly to do with the next event that's coming up, which is the Halloween event. Um, but also they've they've uh, teased that they're doing f- uh, like a floating vault V two. Um, so 
I know you you actually have the infamous picture of the first floating vault, um, which I thought was really funny. Um, why don't you just run people through what a floating vault is? Uh, sure. So I wouldn't say the picture is that infamous since I only dropped it yesterday <laughs> for the first time. Uh, but I'm sure many other players also have a picture of the red vault or the floating vault. So the the floating vaults actually have have shown up a few times. The latest floating vault was in Miami during the the Bitcoin Miami. No one opened it, or well, it never opened, I should say, because some players placed keys into it, but not enough players did. So the way the mechanic works is there's a number of slots in the floating vault, and everyone. Every all the players in the world can see the floating vault on their screen. It just kind of floats around, and it follows you wherever you go. And you can click on it once it's active. You can click on it and place the corresponding color key inside. So in my case, the only floating vault I've ever touched is or was a red floating vault um, during the Hawaii event, I believe, mm-hmm. and it required one red key per player. And so I was super excited. I had a red key ready to go. Um, and as soon as it opened, I was at home. I had my Wi-Fi going <laughs> strong, and I opened the game. Immediately placed a red key in there and guaranteed guaranteed my uh, slot in in the earnings of that vault. So the cap was a hundred players, and it filled up in four minutes. So it took <laughs> it took the community just four minutes to gather together and place one hundred red keys into the vault, and it opened. So yeah, everyone got a hundred dollars of Bitcoin from that vault. No and trivia. No trivia required. It's just right. you put the key in and and you got your prize in, in your HQ a, a while later. I'm thinking that if that same... Now, they've said that they're changing that mechanic, and I'm thinking that it has something to do with if they tried that now, it would be a lot less than four, four minutes. <laughs> For sure. 45 <laughs> players opened red vaults. Imagine the number yeah. of players that actually have red keys. Someone traveled 2,800 kilometers to open a red vault. <laughs> And they so could have done definitely it. fill up too fast. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, so I'm excited. Obviously, no one knows what is happening with their new floating vault situation. Um, we can only speculate on that, which you know would take us down a big rabbit hole. <laughs> but we will see it hopefully in the next event if it's done, if it's ready, which is the Halloween event. Yeah. So that would that's coming quite soon, a little bit over a month. I'm excited for that. Um, obviously, the Elemental Invasion was a huge success. It's kind of technically my second event because I was here for the Canada Day one. Um, but have you... So you've obviously been around for multiple events. Have you seen the last Halloween event? Nope. I okay. started playing in February of this year. So I was okay. not around for the October Halloween event. But mm. it is the first event that's going to repeat. Right in, in Hunt World history, so we'll be seeing the common and rare QB blueprints show up again, which are awesome, by the way. I love those QBs, and I'm super. What are they? Which ones are they? Get my hands on them. Let's check the wiki, so I don't yeah. make a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no problem there. So I'll I, open I, that up right now. Yeah, and I know the extremely rare one um, was the vampire. Is that correct? That's right. So the vampire right. is the epic. Halloween QB from last year, and it's never coming and that, back. Right. Guess how many blueprints exist on that one? On the on the vampire, I think mm-hmm. I know, but I'm gonna guess three. So you're 
You're off by a few. It's not okay. Okay. Regardless, it's it's crazy, right? There's nine vamp, and it's such a cute QB too. Mm-hmm. But the the comp the ones that are coming back are the pumpkin QB, mm-hmm. which is common. Yep. The mummy QB, which is rare, and the monster QB, which is rare. So those all look great, and I, I'm super excited to get my hands on them. Yeah, um, and that's that's probably another good strat is to not buy those blueprints <laughs> right now in the auction house because you know you just got to wait a month and you'll get them, or maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> and another thing to look at is how much easier things were to print back in Halloween 2020. Mm-hmm. So you needed 500 resin for the common, 800 resin for the rares, 2,000 resin for the epic. Well, nowadays epics take 10,000 resin, right? Right. Or 5,000 actually. And yeah. rares take 2,000. And even the resources, just 100 of these seeds, the pumpkin seeds, or 100 dusty rags, or 100, you know, rusty bolts and uh, chunks of flesh is the name. <laughs> the <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd be willing to speculate they might change those amounts. Probably, event, yeah. Or just make the drop rates really low. I don't know. If it's anything like the elemental invasion, getting the rare ones is you're gonna have to play all event. All event, you're gonna have to play. I think I ended up with enough resources to print two or three of each of the rare QBs. Right, I did that as well. It was two or three, um, but and and for the common one, I have I have so many, but um, I think that. Uh, there was some hints from Illusion Weaver. I mean, this wasn't really a hint, but it's common sense that, you know, the players who join now are going to want those QBs. Um, yeah. So I'm holding out and I'm I'm waiting. I'm going to make what I can and kind of sit on them and, and see who wants what. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the strategy. That's the play. <laughs> All right. Um, so... The next event was Halloween, but and the floating vault we could see it then. But if it's not ready, then we'll see it Christmas. I think is what what was said. Um, so yeah, floating vault V two in the works. <laughs> get, get hyped. Yes, I am hyped. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Um, we've been at it for a little bit. I'm gonna just. I want to talk about obviously the map, <laughs> right? Because. This is an amazing project that you yourself ha- have made. Um, and I just want to talk to you about it a little bit. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So why don't we just, for listeners, um, I imagine most people have taken a look at this, uh, but why don't you just give us the elevator pitch? So how does, how does it work and what's the use case? And yeah. yeah so this, the blurb is the coin hunt map is a community developed by a few of a few volunteer players and community populated by the rest of the entire coin Hunt world community. It's mm-hmm. a map of keys, vaults, QB cranes, now QB dozers. I added that feature. Oh, awesome. Any like print shops, anything in the world, the coin Hunt world, you'll be able to place on the map is the idea. And so y- players keep the map up to date by reporting these locations from the game to the website and removing ones that are placed incorrectly or that have moved or that have since despawned. And and that's the whole gist of it. It's a map. You can look around different areas without you being there in the game, right, physically, and just see what's there. So I, I like looking around. We were talking about this earlier. Looking around other areas, you were looking at Hawaii, looking at the density yeah. there. 
Um, if you're going to travel to some place, you can open it up on coinhuntmap.com and take a look to see how populated it is. If there's nothing on the map, you know that while you're there, you can contribute to the map and populate it so that the next player who goes there will be able to check out what's what's going on. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I just have a quick question because I pulled up the map quickly. Um, I have not seen the QB dozers yet. Um, and you were telling me just before the show you were working on the map last night. Um, I also have another question. Did you add it so um, the map takes my computer preferences for dark mode? <laughs> I did not. However, oh, okay. I did make the dark mode default. Okay. Okay. Because I opened it up and it was dark mode and I, on my computer, I know, and I know it's possible to do that in JavaScript where you can take your computer preferences. <laughs> um, so I was wondering if you did that, but yeah, I opened it up and it's in dark mode. Um, what are your thoughts on dark mode? Give me the truth. Honestly, I like dark mode, but I don't use it for the map. I think maybe I, I find it a little confusing. Uh, because I, we were talking about this yesterday where, you know, your map faces one way. Um, and when I'm, I'm trying to like, I throw in dark mode. Um, I just, I just feel like I, I understand it better if it's, if it's not in dark mode, I don't know really how to describe it. <laughs> so I think something that might be the cause here was that the previous theme that coin map was using for dark mode was really low contrast. It was just a, a blanket theme that I had gotten from from an open source website. And it wasn't very good. It was a placeholder. So I finally had time last night to custom design this one, which is still a work in progress, and it's going to be updated as time goes on. But this one is much better in terms of contrast and being able to understand what you're actually looking at. Um, so give it a try. You might like it. You might not. But a good thing I will say about CoinHunt Map is that if you switch to color, the light theme, It'll remember that preference. Like it'll remember yeah. the okay. last one you were you were looking at. That's good. And it'll just load whatever you want. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you want to hear a bug quickly that you have. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um. So if I flip on dark mode and I I, I go into my little spot here and then I I hit color mode, mm -hmm. the map changes behind it. Um. And it sh it, it has shifted it. A little bit but then when i when i scroll or zoom it, it like readjusts um but after hitting dark mode it actually like changes the only if i'm zoomed in though that's <laughs> that is interesting I'm it is interesting right okay cool i was gonna say i could i could screen cap it for you and send it but yeah i'll let you uh i'll take a look <laughs> no. at that yeah exactly sorry about that <laughs> Um, so I, th I think you kind of answered this, but, um, how do you actually use this map, uh, for some, for a player who has never been on this map, how do you plant POIs? How do you, yeah. How do you plant POIs? It depends on if you're opening the map from a desktop computer or a laptop, or if you're opening it from your cell phone. So mm -hmm. on a desktop, it's very easy. You just right click on, on the location where you want to add something. And a little menu will show up with with all the vaults, the QB crane, QB vault, or the QB dozer, and the print shops and the keys. Mm -hmm. So you can mm -hmm. just add whatever you want. It's very easy, very intuitive. And if you mistakenly add something, you can then just left click on the POI. It'll give you the option to remove it. Um, on mobile, you're supposed to long press on the map. Mm -hmm. So just hold your mm -hmm. finger down on location. On iOS, it's a little bit glitchy. 
you'll mm -hmm. feel a vibration and then you just need to keep holding down and then the menu will pop up. Um, on iOS, the vibration and the menu pop up at the same time. Mm. On Android, I, think, I mean. Is that a three or is that the force press feature I'm, that iOS has? Honestly, I have no idea what causes that bug. <laughs> okay. I've been trying to solve it for months and I right. don't know what's going on. <laughs> But yeah, it's okay. uh, just long press on location, and and it should give you the menu. And uh, otherwise, everything else is the same. And if you have any any need to reference those instructions, there are tabs at the bottom of the page. There's a home mm -hmm. tab where you can see like privacy notice in terms of use and all that boring stuff. But you can also donate to the map, mm -hmm. and you can see what it's about in the description at the top. There's a help tab with instructions for everything. Yeah, with all um, of the stuff you just mentioned. Yep. Yeah. As well as like there's. There's a pin underneath the zoom buttons. You can click that pin and it'll track where you are. Um, so it'll, yeah. it'll show you your live location. And as long as you move or as you move, this little blue dot will, will follow you. So you can see where you are and that helps with adding things to the map. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so you mentioned anybody can add to this, um, which is awesome. So that kind of that brings the community in. Um, so anybody can go on here and... You know, obviously don't use it for malicious intent, but you want to map out your area. Um, and I found this extremely helpful as a new player when I started playing. And as a and now as an intermediate player, I, I use it daily, daily. I use this thing. Yeah, I have a shortcut on my home screen on my phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I just want to know kind of how this project was made. So where did like the inspiration come from? Um, so at the beginning times or in the before times of CoinHunt Map, there used to be, and there still is, a website called CoinHuntWorld.com, which is not the official website for the game. It's a community website as well. And the player who, who owns this website had created a map using Google, Google's map API. Mm -hmm. And it worked similarly to the way CoinHunt Map does now, except it took substantially longer to use for one reason or for a few reasons. The first of which is it loaded all of the POIs at once at the beginning when you loaded the page. As, as the number of POIs grew, it took longer and longer to load the page. So you'd right, right. be waiting there forever for the thing to load. And second, as you move the map around, it was super laggy, super, super laggy, basically almost unusable after, I don't know, 6,000 POIs, I think, when, when we transitioned to coinhuntmap.com. Um, and the third reason that that map was very hard to use is there was no click to place. You couldn't just right click on location to place a vault. You had to manually type in both the latitude and longitude coordinates through <laughs> a very um, unintuitive side menu, Google form kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I had no re I have no idea you could actually put in coordinates for the address. So I was I was always looking up building addresses, and and trying to place the vaults that way. But it was wow. so inaccurate because the building addresses never where the vault was. Mm -hmm, and so it was mm -hmm. just a mess, and I got really frustrated really quick. As many players who still stumble upon this website today experience yep. as well, um, they experience the frustration, and then. Somehow they find out about coinhuntmap.com and they're like, oh my God, this is so much better. Yeah. And so it, it came from a place of frustration. And so <laughs> a weekend I took, I spent, I spent like 48 hours or so just 
basically awake and working on this project on my own in my basement. Um, and the time I was living in Maryland, so I was mm -hmm. renting out a basement because that's where I, I do my internships um, in Maryland. So yeah, I built the map over a weekend and the basic UI here where you, where you see everything. Um, yeah, that's where it came from. And nowadays the map is more of a volunteer project in the sense that we have more people working on it. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to give a big shout out to player Mogandi. Um, you can see his name on the homepage as well. Mm -hmm. He did so much work on the map as well, but all on the back end to, mm. to make this as, as fast and as viable as it is today. So do we have time for a story? We do. Absolutely. <laughs> There's so much it. to talk about. There is. Um, so about a, a month or so after I, I launched community uh, coin hunt map to, to the coin hunt world community, I received an invoice from Mapbox for about <laughs> 300 and some dollars us dollars. And it's because I was using Mapbox as the tiling service. And for right. those of you who are unfamiliar, tiling is what lets you see the roads and the buildings on the map. Mm -hmm. So tiling is expensive. And I didn't realize that the number of players that would be using this map was going to be so large. Right. And so I didn't realize <laughs> that the free tier of services that Mapbox offered was going to be exceeded in a few days of use. Mm -hmm. And if, if I were still using Mapbox today, I would probably be paying thousands of dollars per month on those services. <laughs> right. Well, Mogandi came in clutch <laughs> and, <laughs> and built basically from scratch a tiling server for CoinHub, for CoinHub map. Wow. And he intends to make this open source. And so that's absolutely amazing on his part. And so the tiles that you see as the background of CoinHub map, those are all open source, open street maps tiles. And they're custom provided through our own server, which is located in the UK, surprisingly. Mm. Um, so so the, the London players are going to be the best, having the best experience with CoinHouse. <laughs> yeah. The low latency. But that's, it's amazing. I mean, it's, he did such an amazing job on the tile server. And it's just so quick and responsive. And the one of the best parts is it only costs us around $80 per month to operate. Mm -hmm. which is so much less than the thousands of dollars Mapbox would be charging right. us to do the same thing. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's I, the story. Yeah, I, I think that transitions nicely into <clears throat> kind of what I wanted to discuss about how players can donate to the map. Because I think that, you know, it's an extremely important resource. It's a tool that every Coin Hunt World player has in their back pocket um, right now for free. Um, and obviously you um, take care of this. Um, so why don't you just let people know how to, how to help you? Yeah. Um, so obviously we appreciate donations. Um, we have to pay for, for the server mm -hmm. every month. And... You know, we we spend a lot of time developing this as well. So it's always nice to see donations, and everything that's donated goes into a pool of money. That's coinhuntmap.com, right? Not, we don't use it for anything else. It's all to cover server costs and development costs and all of that. So if you want to help coinhuntmap.com stay alive, there's a few different ways you can donate some money, and the preferred way, which all coinhunt world players 
will have pretty much is that you can send cryptocurrency from your uphold account to mm -hmm. the map. And so the way you do that is by going to your uphold, selecting the currency you want to send, and then entering an email. So you can send cryptocurrency to an email address on uphold as long as that email is associated to an uphold account. And so the map has, has the uphold account in akurahurak at gmail.com. <laughs> right on. Um, so that's, that's my tag, my email. And you can just go to the website, coinhuntmap.com, click the home tab, and you'll see, you'll see that email for you to copy and, mm -hmm. and send crypto to. So that's the preferred way. But if you, if you don't want to donate cryptocurrency, which is understandable, you want to hodl all of it, <laughs> yep. you can donate fiat as well. And so there's two ways to do that. You can use Patreon or GoFundMe. And those links are also on the homepage of the website. And finally, if you want to send cryptocurrency on-chain, there's a few different buttons. So Ethereum, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Cardano, and whatever. Uh, you can click those buttons. You'll get an, a wallet address that you can just use your on-chain wallet to send to. And then that's the donation spiel. Like uh, donations are really, really appreciated. Yep. Uh, to this day, I haven't had to spend a dollar out of pocket thanks to very generous donations from Coin Hunt World players. Mm -hmm. But obviously, that pool will not last forever. Right. Um, so it's it's awesome to see monthly donations through Patreon. We have a few Patreons, uh, or a few patrons, I should say, mm. and just donations that come in all the time through GoFundMe. Like that's. I really applaud everyone's support for the map. It's awesome to see the community coming together. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? It is. Yeah. All right. So I think we've passed the allotted time. Um, we've been here for a little bit over an hour. Time flies when we're talking about Coin Hunt World. It does indeed. <laughs> um, so I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to touch on, but uh, that's really it for me. Do you have anything else you want to say? Um, no, just keep stacking sats and happy hunting, I guess. There you go. Um, so that does it from us. Uh, and I guess we'll see you guys next week. All right. Yep. Peace. Peace. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.